Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, I want to uh, talk about my life in apologetics. My life in apologetics. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's been 32 years, but uh, the Lord has carried me through this life of Christian apologetics. I can remember when I first accepted Christ, and we were blessed enough to have a supportive pastor who encouraged us to keep on reading and studying. And as a result of our enthusiasm and our exuberance, uh, we uh, formed or resurrected the street Winnison ministry uh, at the church. And we went out every Saturday at 11 o'clock, 11 to approximately 1 or 2 p.m. Every Saturday, we went out to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And by going out, we went door to door. Uh, we went with our script as an icebreaker and It was, in essence, a spiritual survey of the neighborhood. And for those who opened the door to us, uh, we asked them if they had a few minutes to help us complete this survey. And part of the survey included, uh, do you attend church? Uh, According to your own knowledge, what is salvation? Have you ever heard of Jesus Christ? And based on those core questions, 
we would then be would then respond uh, to those different areas more perfectly. So uh, we just wanted to make sure that they had an opportunity to accept Christ before we left their homes. And I would say the Lord opened up hearts, the Lord opened up minds through that whole experience. And we witnessed transformation. We witnessed uh, people accepting Christ. And we witnessed people's uh, scales falling from their eyes. And through that whole process, we was able to see how the Holy Spirit, number one, can use us to bless others. And number two, for us to witness what the Holy Spirit can do to the hearts of those that are willing. And as part of the street witnessing, we invariably ran into other groups, other uh, groups who were out there sharing their faith. And as we um, went to the different neighborhoods and different streets, we eventually uh, ran into Mormons. We ran into Jehovah Witnesses. We ran into those that were part of the Nation of Islam. And it was that interaction which caused us to go back and do more studying. And in doing more studying, we realized that once you drilled a little bit deeper, even though many of us were using the same terms, we were using uh, the same verbiage, the connotation or the meaning behind the words we were using were not the same. If you said Jesus, the Mormons would say they believe in Jesus. Jehovah Witness would say they believe in Jesus. But if we drilled down a little bit deeper and talked about the eternality of Christ, if we talked about the uh, consubstantiation of Jesus Christ, if we talked about his divinity, we soon realized that there was an issue where Christians believe that Jesus Christ had no beginning and has no end, that he's eternal, that he's equal to the Father in essence, Jehovah Witnesses said, no, he had a beginning. He has a starting point. The father created Jesus. And so as we drilled a little bit deeper, we realized that even though people mean well, meaning well doesn't necessarily mean you know the truth or have accepted the truth. And since God is all about truth, it is something that we can't compromise on. Uh, there's those who say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So we can't just um, allow people to live in their falsehood thinking God is going to overlook it and uh, establish a relationship with them. Anyway, God is not going to do that. Jesus himself said, if you want to get to the Father, if you want to see the Father, you have to first come by the Son, John 14 and 6. So this was the birth of apologetics at our church, and uh, we were all a part of it, and I became excited about what I was learning. When we went back to study, we all divided up different groups. My group was Mormonism. So I learned about Mormonism. I learned about their theology. I learned about the Book of Mormon. Uh, I learned about 
doctrines and covenants and uh, the book of Abraham and uh, and uh, the book of Morani. I, I, I learned about uh, their theology and what they held in terms of their beliefs. And in my research, I soon realized that even though in many cases we were using the same terms, they understood it differently and they believed it differently. And so uh, we couldn't just overlook that and embrace them uh, or categorize them as part of the Christian family because the God that they believed in is inconsistent with the God of the scriptures. And it's not up to us to redefine what truth is. God has already set the parameters. And what I love what Paul says in Galatians, the first chapter, when he says, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, uh, I am astonished that you are so removed from gospel which called you into grace, which is not another gospel, but there be some uh, who pervert the gospel for their own use. And then as you read further down in those verses, he said, but whether uh, we are an angel from heaven, preach another gospel to you or any other gospel to you than that which you have already received, let them be accursed. So what Paul is saying is it's not enough to say, um, I believe in God. The question is, which God? It's not enough to say that I believe in Jesus. The question is, which Jesus? It's not enough to say, I believe in salvation. But the question is, what salvation? Is it salvation by works or is it salvation by grace? What, what, what type of salvation are you talking about? So these are important questions. And depending on how we answer it, we determine our relationship with God. God is not compromising. He loves us with an everlasting heart. He loves us uh, with an impending heart. He, he loves us um, as the model uh, level or standard of love. There, there's no greater love than the love that God has for creation. But God loves us so much, and I share this wherever I go. God loves us so much that he gave us free will. He gave us a, a, a will to love him as well as a will to reject him. So he wants everybody to accept Christ. That's God's desire. He wants everybody to be saved. But the reality is there will be some who dare to say, no, Lord, I don't want your invitation. I know what's best for my life. And I understand that hell is a possibility, but I still reject you. And God loves us so much that he allows us to exercise our free will without overriding it. If God overrode our free will, it wouldn't be free anymore. It would be determinative. But God gave us a genuine free will, an ability to love him or to reject him. So we learned a lot during those years, those formative years. Uh, we went every Saturday, as I said before, for almost uh, eight years straight. Every Saturday, we were out there knocking on doors, sharing the gospel, watching the Holy Spirit uh, change people's hearts, watching Holy Spirit even uh, translate uh, the bridge of different languages. Uh, there was a time where uh, we were walking in the streets and sharing the gospel, and we came across a family um, whose background was not uh, American, but they were from another country. 
And God used the little, bo- the little boy in the group or in the family who knew English to interpret for us. And before we left, the whole family accepted Christ. I remember another time we were in the home of a Hispanic lady, and um, she didn't speak uh, great English. So um, we did our best in terms of um, our Spanish and, and our English. And before we left, she accepted Christ, Jesus Christo. So we, we, we went out on faith. We were obedient to the calling to, to make disciples, and God showed himself trustworthy. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. And from that was birthed the apologetic ministry. From that was birthed this method of teaching people how to defend their faith, teaching people how to rightly divide the word of truth. And all of us have been called into a, uh, what I call lifestyle apologetics. You may not be a full-time apologist as I am, but all of us have been called by God into lifestyle apologetics. And by lifestyle apologetics, let me give you an example. If your granddaughter came to you and asked you, uh, grandfather, grandmother, where did God come from? Your response is very crucial at that point. You can uh, tell them uh, to go play. You can try to distract them by uh, dealing with another subject. But at the end of the day, if we don't give them a Bible-based answer, they will go somewhere else. And where, wherever that source is may or may not necessarily be biblical. So as believers, all of us should be ready to give each man, each woman, an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and to do it with gentleness as well as respect. First Peter 3.15. So apologetics is all around us. Where do we get the Bible? Why do we worship on Sundays? Uh, Why do we give tithes and offering? Why do we pray? People see us and people have sincere questions. And I'm not talking about people who are trying to be argumentative. I'm talking about people that are sincere and they have questions about why we do what we do as Christians. Why do we believe what we believe as Christians? Where in this Bible does it say this, that, or the other? We have to be ready to give each man, each woman, each boy, each girl, an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within them. And how should we do it, Paul? Paul said we ought to do it with gentleness as well as respect, meaning that we can't coerce people 
and to believe in biblical doctrines. We can't force people into accepting Christ. We can't brutalize people into embracing Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Whatever we do, we have to show respect. And even if people have alternate views about certain things, even if people have false views about certain things, we can't be mean. We can't be brutal. We can't be rough. We, we have to do it with gentleness and respect. We must stay within our spirit. Yes, this person is wrong, but I'm going to love them as a person anyway. I'm going to pray for them that they see the truth. I'm going to pray for them that they engage and accept the God of the Bible and not this uh, God of the secular realm, this naturalistic God, this, uh, this impotent Jesus. There's a lot of people say they believe in Jesus, but they haven't been converted. They believe in the idea of Christ. They believe in what they've heard on television and seen in movies and television shows. That's not the Jesus of the Bible most of the time. What we see in Hollywood is not an accurate portrayal of who Jesus is most of the time. So we that know better, we that study the word, we that read the word, we have to be ready, ready to stand on truth, ready to talk about the truth. We ready to help those around us who need to hear the true gospel of Jesus, the Christ. So as it relates to uh, the apologetics in my uh, infancy stage, Eventually, uh, because we were studying about other religions, that's cult apologetics, by the way, um, and we were learning so much and people were eager to learn more, uh, we started what we called the apologetic ministry at our church. And we met once a month and different Christians from all over uh, the city, uh, from other churches, attended this once a month apologetic ministry. And the impetus for this ministry was to equip uh, the students and introduce them to Christian apologetics. So we had apologetics, um, the introductory class, we had the intermediate class, then we had the advanced class. And so we did that for a number of years. So the apologetic ministry eventually became the Bible Answer Ministry. And it was a blessing being able to minister it all those years Uh, on those Saturdays, to the saints, equipping them, teaching them what apologetics was all about. We talked about the nature of apologetics, its effectiveness, and its limitations. Apologetics can't compel anybody to get saved, can't force anyone to get saved. Apologetics basically helps to remove uh, some of the stones that's on the road of belief. Uh, meaning that uh, those things that hinder a lot of people from coming to Christ, sometimes apologetics can help remove some of those doubts uh, because those individuals were able to get a Bible-based response to their questions. So we all have an obligation to be ready to give people a Bible-based response uh, based on what the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts. So please remember that as we go on this journey, you, are, you too should be equipping yourself. Colossians 2 and 4 says, 
I'll tell you this, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments, Colossians 2 and 4. It just so happens that on this past weekend, we held our first apologetics boot camp in Rockland, California. And we had a great time ministering to the students and parents. It, it was the first ever apologetics boot camp from, for sixth grade uh, through college. We had classes for each one of those grade levels. Then we had a parent class, which I taught. And so during this interaction, a lot of parents uh, were happy. They were excited to learn uh, about the different worldviews and how they can better understand those worldviews so they can help their youth. And that's what we as Christians are called to do, to be ready. And then in Second in Corinthians, um, that Paul writes uh, to the church of Corinth, he tells us that we are, we are called to bring down strongholds, strongholds, strongholds that originate in the mind, fortress, mental fortresses, people's anti-God philosophies. We're called to pull those things down. And so we as Christians have to be ready to engage. We have to be ready to give a response because if the light is hid under a bushel, where would the darkness find salvation? Again, 1 Timothy 6, verses uh, 3 through 4, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to his godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. First Timothy 1 and 3, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that ye may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer. False doctrines, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's popular now. Uh, there's so many uh, so-called teachers, Bible teachers, Bible preachers on television that are teaching heresy. They're teaching doctrines that are not supported by the Bible, and they're teaching it's not sound. That English word sound comes from the Greek word who gaze, and that word means healthy. And so when we stick with the biblical teachings, it's healthy. But when we deviate from the biblical teachings, it's cancerous. It's spiritual gangrene, and the Bible wants us to stay away from false teaching. So we are called to promote healthy doctrine. We're called to promote sound doctrine. It means the same thing. A sound, again, means healthy. So what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy 1 and 13. Then in 2 Timothy 4 and 3, it says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear, 2 Timothy 4 and 3. And that's what's going on, going on these days. Uh, you have those that teach heresy, those that teach uh, false doctrine. Uh, they are buoyed or they are supported by other false teachers. 
people that pat them on their back, uh, people that's, that encourage them to keep doing what they're doing. Bible's already predicted this is going to happen. But we that have the truth, we have to stand on the truth. We have to share the truth in love. We can't equivocate. We can't pull back. We can't recede. God has called us to stand up right where we are, and we are to share the truth in love. Titus 1 and 9, one of my favorites, Titus chapter 1 verse 9, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. We're called to promote sound doctrine and refuse the, I mean, refute, mean to challenge those that are not preaching and teaching sound doctrine. God has called you and I into that position. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as has been taught. See, what we're promoting, what we're teaching is not a new revealed doctrine. The doctrines that you and I have in, a, in this uh, century has been handed down to us since the first century. The, uh, and we um, are to extend and give it to those that are coming behind us and to those that are living in present day. This, this is not a new revelation. The, the, what we're teaching is forth-telling, F-O-R-T-H, forth-telling, not foretelling, F-O-R-E, which was, which was used a lot when the Bible was still being canonized. The Bible has been canonized, so there's no new revelation. But the revelation that's already contained in it, that is what we need to believe in and follow. So I hope this um, message has been a blessing to you as I shared a little bit on my testimony on how I became an apologist. And we ask that you continue to pray for us. We ask that you continue to fulfill your apologetic mandate by God in your own lives. And we ask for your support. If you're listening to us, we are in need of monthly donors. We are in need of monthly donors. And so please uh, don't just disregard this plea. Uh, If you would, please go to our website and become a monthly donor or send a check to us as a monthly donor made out to Sound Reasoning Ministries, P.O. Box 582-306, El Grove, California. Remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows. 
I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.